Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. The Lord is good. Praise God. As I was just praying before uh, service got started, these words came up out of my spirit. We are his soldiers of light, and he's raising us up in the last days, and we will do what is right. Man, we got to get a hold of that tonight. We are soldiers of light. Why don't you say that about yourself? Say, I'm a soldier of light. That's right. You're in God's military. You are on assignment in this foreign land called planet Earth. And we're here to take over. We're here to establish God's kingdom. We're here to rescue hostages that have been taken captive by the enemy, by the devil. He has, he has imprisoned them in darkness. He's imprisoned them in fear. He's imprisoned them with all kinds of bondages. He's got all his works of darkness, all his chains of darkness on their life. But you are God's special forces in the earth. That's who we are. We're his special forces, his soldiers of light to pierce the darkness, to pierce and like a laser, just cut through the chains, break every chain, break every chain and just loose people on the left and on the right. That's what we're here to do, to set the captives free. Don't you feel honored? Don't you feel privileged? God has anointed you. He's anointed you with a purpose. He's anointed you with light. He's anointed you with power. He's anointed you with himself, with his very life in this last hour. That's where we are right now. We are living in the last hour, the last hour. Things are wrapping up in the earth. Things are getting exceedingly dark in the world. Darkness is manifesting. And God needs his church. He needs you and I to step it up now. He needs you and I to rise up and recognize that we're not just here to just be here. We are here on assignment. We are here with a purpose, with a God-ordained plan. We're on a mission from heaven, and we're going to fulfill what God has for us to do. Say, I'm going to fulfill God's plan for my life. You see, you got a purpose to do that. It doesn't just happen. It happens because your purpose to do it. You recognize there is a plan. There is a place for you. God's got purpose for you. He's got a mission for you, and he needs you. He needs you and I, because we're his body. We're the body of Christ in the earth. And so just like you as an individual, if you're going to get anything done in the earth, you need to have your body. Once you leave your body, it's not over for you. You haven't died. You just go on to somewhere else. 
to another planet, a place called heaven, planet heaven. And that's where you go. You just slip out of this body. But as long as you have a body, you can stay here. And if you're going to be here, you're going to be here on purpose. You're going to be here to fulfill a purpose and a plan for your life. So we got a purpose to do it. It, it, does, it doesn't just happen. Well, God wants it to happen. It'll just happen. No. You know, that's just uh, just some kind of deceptive religious statement that people make, and it's not Bible. It's not Scripture. God needs you and I, and he has placed his spirit in us and his spirit upon us to be able to accomplish great things, God-sized things in the earth. He's a great God, and he wants to come upon you and move through your life in a mighty way to destroy the works of darkness. Praise God. In fact, why don't we open our Bibles tonight? To First John, First John, First John chapter two, First John the second chapter. Let's dig into the Word and get everything God has got for us. There is so many things going on, so many things going on in our nation, in our church, in our lives. And, uh, you know, you got to watch about just looking at things according to the outward appearance. We've got we to gotta be looking at things according to the spirit. The apostle Paul said, therefore, we judge no one according to the flesh. We, we no longer are going to judge others, ourselves, judge life and what's going on just by looking at the things of the flesh. The things of the flesh can tell us some things, but it doesn't tell us the whole story. You and I are spirit beings. We live in these bodies, but we're first and foremost spirit beings, and we are led by the spirit of God. We're not led by the flesh. We don't set our mind on earthly, carnal, natural, fleshly, visible things. We look to the unseen. We're looking into the realm of the spirit. What helps us to do that? The word of God. God's word in our, in our minds, in our hearts, in our mouths, in our heads. That tunes us in to the spirit. That's what the word of God does. The more the word of God is living and powerful and activated in your life, the more it tunes you in to spiritual things because Jesus said that his word is spirit and life. He said that in John 6. It's spirit and life. So it's spirit. And so if you want, if you want to be tuned into the spirit, if you want to be spiritual, if you want to be led by the spirit, this is the first place we start. And we never leave it. We just build on it, on the word of God. And it's life. If you want life, where do you go? Go to the word. Feed on the word of God. Fill yourself up with the word of God. Set your mind on the word of God. That's setting your mind on things above or uh, on spiritual things, on heavenly things. That's where we need to keep our minds on. That's what's going to cause us to be tuned in to the things of God so that we're not just overwhelmed by everything that's going on in the seen realm. Everything that's going on in the flesh, 
I'm telling you, if you're in the flesh, there's a lot of things that can overwhelm you. A lot of things can overwhelm the flesh if you if if you keep looking at the flesh. But if you're in the spirit, see, and you're judging according to the spirit, and you got your mind on heavenly things, spiritual things, oh man, there's you're seeing a whole lot more than what's going on in the natural. Whole lot more. And here in First John chapter two, he says this in verse 18. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, the Antichrist is coming. See, he says, it's the last hour. That's what we were just talking about. It's the last hour. And this is like common knowledge here to a Christian. The Antichrist is coming. Even now, many antichrists have come. Well, if that was true in the day when John, the Apostle John, wrote this, and it was true, how much more is it true today? As time has gone on, there are more antichrists in the world. There are many, 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 many times more antichrists in the world than there were back in the days of John. Just by population alone, the population of the planet, there's so many more people on the earth than there were back in this day. And so there are also many, many more antichrists in the earth today. But thank God there are many, many, many who are of Christ, who are born of him, born of God. And what does the word Christ mean? Of course, Christ is referring to Jesus, but it means literally Christ is a Greek word that for some reason the translators never translated into English when they wrote it in the Bible. But it means the anointed one, the anointed one. So that's what we see when we see Christ. Of course, Jesus was the anointed one. We know that the spirit of the Lord came upon him for the Lord, uh, for heavenly father, Lord, anointed him with his spirit to go out and fulfill his ministry. So Jesus was anointed with the power of God. That's why he was able to, that's how he was able to, to heal the sick and deliver people. He didn't do any of those things until he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. Remember, he came out of the river Jordan, and the Spirit of God came upon him. The Spirit of God upon him is the anointing. So the Antichrist is an anti-anointed one. It's someone that is against the anointed one. And, of course, if you're against the anointed one, you're against the anointing, which is the spirit of the anointed one. It's the spirit of Christ that rested upon Jesus, and that's not all. He rests upon you and I today. Anti means against. So he's against the anointed one. 
And he says, even now many antichrist, anti-anointed ones have come by which we know that it is the last hour. Last hour. That's more accurate than I than I think than saying the last days. Because because it's it's down to the final hours now. Final hours. And it's an exciting time to be here in the world. It's an exciting time. You know, God handpicked us for this time. He placed us here at this time on assignment to accomplish something great in the earth. And it's not just us doing it, but it's the greatness of God that's working through us that's going to accomplish great things in the earth. So now look at this. You jump down to verse 12, skip a verse and go to verse 20. Not really a jump, it's just a step. Verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Now notice that. He says in verse 18, it's the last hour. You have heard the anti-anointed one is coming. The one that's against the anointed one is coming. Even now many anti-anointed ones have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. So we're not confused about the time that we're in. We know it because there's many anti-anointed ones. But, verse 20, you have an anointing of the Holy One, and you know all things. Well, that means if you have an anointing of the Holy One, you are anointed, which means you are an anointed one. So the answer to the anti-Christ, the anti-anointed one, the anti-anointing is anointed ones. Because the anti-anointed one is here to do what? To remove the anointing, to get the anointing out of the way. But we're not going to be moved out of the way. Come on, somebody. You're not going to be moved out of the way. We're not just going to get pushed out. We're not going to allow many anointed ones. It don't matter how many of them gather together in our society, in our government. It don't matter how many anti-anointed ones there are. They're going to they're gonna have to bow to the name of Jesus, the anointed one that we are anointed with. We are anointed with his anointing. Praise God. Now, what is the anointing? We know it's the Spirit of God, but here's the purpose of the anointing. Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27. Let's let's look at that. Isaiah 10, verse 27, it says, It shall come to pass in that day. Now, again, this is before Jesus came. This is all the way back, hundreds of years before Jesus in the days of Isaiah the prophet. And he's prophesying, and he says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. So that's what the anointing of the Holy Spirit that we're anointed with does. It does what we see it do through the life of Jesus. 
It's to do the same thing through us. And what's that? Destroy the yoke. The yoke will be destroyed. Praise God. His, that yoke will be destroyed. First, he says, his burden will be taken away from your shoulder. Now, let me read this from the expanded Bible. The expanded Bible. Here's what it says. It says, then in that day, the troubles that Assyria puts on you, their burden on your shoulders will be removed. You see, back in that day, back in the day when Isaiah wrote this, see, you got to say something. The word of God is current events for every generation, really for every day of our life. It's updated late-breaking news all the time. It's the good news, and it's late-breaking, all right? So uh, for Isaiah, back in his day, for Israel back in that day, they were oppressed by the Assyrians, and the Assyrians were cruel, merciless oppressors who abused Israel. They came in and they uh, destroyed the land of Israel, carried the Israelites off, cap off uh, into captivity and uh, to Assyria, and they were just oppressive, oppressive, brutal, brutal people, just hated God's people. All right? So that nation, Assyria, that government was full of oppressive, anti-Christ people. People that were against Christ. Even though Christ hadn't come, in the Hebrew, the word Christ is Messiah. So when they said Messiah under the Old Covenant, that was the same thing as saying Christ under the New Covenant. Right? That's just the Hebrew. Christ is the Greek. Messiah is the Hebrew. And so... They were preaching the Messiah. They were preaching the Christ. That's what they were doing. That's what Israel, that was Israel's hope. That's who they were looking for. They were looking for their deliverer to come and set them free. And so Assyria was an anti-Christ to them. They hated the Jewish people. They hated the Jewish customs. They hated everything about the Jews. Why? Because they were against the Messiah. They were against Christ. And so Isaiah says this. He says, in that day, the troubles of Assyria that Assyria puts on you, their burden on your shoulders will be removed. And, and the load they make you carry, yoke from your neck, will be taken away, destroyed. Because of the fat oil, because of the oil that makes you fat, praise God. Because of Israel's new strength, or because of the Lord's blessings, or because of the anointed one. So that anointing of God on your life makes you fat with the blessing of God 
fat with heaven, the spirit of God, the fruitfulness of God, so that they can't get a yoke around your neck. And if they got one on you, the thing won't be able to stay. It's going to be removed. It's going to be broken off of you. That's the promise for the children of Israel of that day. But it works still today. You have an anointing of the Holy One in this last hour. And it is to destroy the yoke of oppression. There is oppressive people. Anti, those who have an anti-Christ spirit are oppressive people. They're just like the Assyrians back then. They wanted to oppress God's people. And they were cruel. We have the same kind of people in the world today. Why? Because the world is full of sinners. And there's still the devil and demons that are here in this world, inspiring people to be anti-Christ. This anti-Christ among people is the result of an anti-Christ spirit. So God says to Isaiah, you tell him, I've got an anointing coming to destroy this yoke and remove this burden of this oppressive load that is being placed upon them. All their freedoms have been taken away from. They have no freedom of speech. They have no civil rights. These people are completely burdened and controlled by the government of Assyria and all the wicked, wicked people of that land. Well, you see, we deal with that today. There are lots and lots of oppressors. They're not just in government. They're all throughout society. And they're oppressive. They're tyrants at heart, whether they're a teacher at school. I'm not saying all teachers. I'm saying, and just like I'm not saying all government leaders. But there are teachers. There are government leaders. There's actors, actresses, movie producers, I mean, there's all kinds of people in all different walks of life, and they're oppressors, uh, they're tyrants at heart. But you and I, God's people, we're not tyrants. Our king, Jesus, is not a tyrant. He doesn't rule by being a tyrant. That's not how he rules. That's not how he increases his kingdom. He increases it through love. Love is the victory. Love never fails. And so through love, Jesus is winning hearts over to come and to submit to him voluntarily. We submit to him. We love submitting to the Lord. We love serving our king. He is our king. And the government is upon his shoulders. He is not an oppressor, and therefore we're not oppressors. We shouldn't be. If you're oppressive, you're in the flesh. You're not walking according to your new nature. You're not walking according to the spirit. You're not living life out of your spirit and seeing things. You're not seeing humans according to the spirit if you want to dominate them and put them down and be a big bully. That, that's not walking in the spirit. That's just being in the flesh. That's being carnal. So if you're doing that, and you may be doing that, uh, you need to get your mind renewed. Get over here. 
and realized, hey, Jesus didn't act that way. I mean, even Judas, the night that he betrayed Jesus, and Jesus knew it was all happened. He got down, Jesus got down and washed his feet and showed that he's a servant. He's a servant. And that's who you and I are. You and I are servants, but that doesn't make us weak. We're not weak because we serve. Jesus' kingdom is a kingdom that's going to last forever. And all the all the other kingdoms that have ever been or ever will be or that are will all submit themselves to him in the end. He always triumphs. He always wins. He has overcome the world. He has already done it. So all we got to do is just follow him, serve. We don't have to push, shove, force, be brutal, be mean, be nasty to get things done. Make can walk in love. I love what it says in Proverbs. It says a gentle word breaks a, uh, breaks a bone. I mean, you can, I mean, forget about karate. I mean, I used to be into the martial arts, you know, and I'd break boards and do all kinds of things. I love breaking things. And, uh, you know, they teach in, in the martial arts how to break bones. But in the kingdom of God, a gentle word breaks a bone. Just speaking gentle words, words of love, words of wisdom, words of power, the words of God. Nothing more powerful than the word of God when it's mixed with love and faith. And so we're a part of a kingdom that endures forever. We're, we're, our king is not an oppressor. We're not oppressive. And we're here to spread the love around. That's what we're here to do. We're here to liberate liberate people. Get people out from under the oppressor. We know the ultimate oppressor behind every oppressor is the devil or demons. And we know that. The devil is the real enemy. He's the real problem. We know that because we live according to the spirit. We see things according to the spirit. We set our minds on heavenly, spiritual, unseen things. That's, that's, that's where we're operating. We're not just totally focused on man. We're aware of man and what he's doing. But we're aware also of the devil and the demons that inspire man to do evil things. They're the ones that are behind Antichrist. They are that Antichrist spirit. Praise God. And so that spirit is moving through the land today. And it's moving. It's always been moving in the earth. But now, man, we're seeing it in America just manifesting in such great measure that our nation hasn't seen before. And I mean, our freedoms are under an attack. Our, our, uh, our faith, our, our religious freedoms, our ability to say spiritual things, to say the name of Jesus, to, I mean, think about it. They took prayer out of the school. There was a time when the Bible was the main textbook in our schools. Now you can't bring a Bible. It's like, it's like a crime. You can't say the name of Jesus. You can't pray. And they're trying to remove God out of everything, out of our Pledge of Allegiance. They're trying to remove God from everything. What is that? That is the Antichrist spirit. Because if you remove God, if you remove the spirit of God, you remove freedom. You remove liberty because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. So if you remove him, all you have is oppression. See, the anointing, the spirit of God is the answer to the Antichrist, that spirit of oppression that is trying to remove freedom from people's lives. Take their freedoms away from them. 
But you and I have the anointing of the Holy One, and we can destroy this yoke of oppression. We got to know who we are. We are his soldiers of light in these last hours. It's our time now to rise up and be the anointed believers that God has called us to be. You can't be lost in entertainment land right now. You can't be lost in video game land. You can't be lost in movie land. That is not where an anointed one needs to be right now. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We need to be an anointed with fresh oil every day presenting our bodies as living sacrifices to him, presenting ourselves to God holy so that we're vessels of our consecrating ourselves to him so that he can use us in these last days. We don't want to be entangled with the affairs of this life and just full of carnal fleshly things because that's going to keep us from our purpose. And we're going to fulfill our purpose, not be kept from it, all right? And so here in Isaiah 28, I want to go through a few verses with you. It says, woe to the crown of pride, to the drunkenness of a frame, whose glorious beauty is a fading flower, which is at the head of the verdant valleys. That literally means fruitful valley to those who are overcome with wine. So it starts off with a woe. Doesn't sound very good. We're not doing a good start yet. So I just had that dream. I come down to pray and I got woe. All right. Woe to the crown of pride. Now, again, back in biblical days, what Isaiah was referring to here was Samaria, because Samaria was considered the crown of a frame. The city of Samaria was up on a hill that overlooked the fruitful land of Ephraim. Uh, Ephraim was one of Joseph's sons, who was the son of Jacob, one of the 12 sons of Jacob. And uh, Ephraim means fruitful, all right? So the crown is Samaria, okay? So it was a crown of pride. They took pride in all their prosperity and luxury and abundance and blessing that was on their life. Well, instead of pride, it should be a crown of praise, giving God all the glory. We give God glory for the blessings on our life, for the blessings on America. God bless America. America is blessed because God has blessed this land. You're blessed because God has blessed you. You can't get in pride over it. It's not of us. It's from him. So instead of a crown of pride, it should have been a crown of praise. But now also crown represents authority, right? Because who wears a crown? A king, a queen. You're the high priest, a spiritual leader. You know, a ruler. These are the ones that wear a crown as a symbol of authority on their heads. Then he says, so we're talking about authority. And then he he says uh, in the latter part of that verse one, to those who are overcome with wine. And in in there it's talking about indulging in sensuality. Uh, And of course, you know, a person that's drunk with wine is delusional. And that was something actually I was getting in prayer this morning about so many people in the media today and things, they are delusional. They really believe, I think, a lot of the things that they're saying. They believe. I think they do believe. And I think they're delusional. A lot of delusional leaders, a lot of delusional media people in the world today, they're drunk. They're drunk with sensuality. They're drunk with the things of this world. Verse 2, 
Behold, the Lord has a mighty and strong one. The Lord has a mighty and strong one. Like a tempest of hail and a destroying storm, like a flood of mighty waters overflowing, who will bring them down to the earth with his hand? So there's a mighty and strong one that's going to bring down those in authority that are that have this crown of pride on their head, walking in pride, walking in the sensuality, drunk with the, with the things of this world, full of themselves, overcome with themselves. There's a mighty and strong one that's going to bring them down to the earth with his hand. The crown of pride, the drunkards of a frame, will be trampled underfoot. Well, Jesus said in Luke 10 that you and I will trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, all the power of the devil. He is the enemy, and you and I are going to trample on him, number one. But God's got a mighty and strong one to deal with these people wearing a crown of authority that are walking in this oppressive pride. Pride makes a person an oppressor, believe me. All right? Now, again, here in Bible times, he's talking about the king of Assyria. The king of Assyria is going to come. And he's going to take down all this pride, right? So that is the negative side of it for Israel. But there's a positive side of it for you and I. God has many, just like there's many antichrists, God has many mighty and strong ones. Mighty and strong ones. Those are the anointed ones. The anointed ones. God's got a mighty and strong one in his church, in you and I. In Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, the Lord said, So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. So the Lord's looking. He doesn't want all this destruction to come upon the land. And he's looking for someone. He's looking for someone that'll make up a wall, that'll stand in the gap against all this oppression, against all these oppressors that would come in, like the king of Assyria, come in and destroy our freedoms, rob us, plunder us of our liberties, and try to destroy us of our faith, try to wipe God right out of the land. That's what Assyria came and did in Israel. And that's what would try to happen in the world today. But again, like we saw in Isaiah 10, 27, you have an anointing of the, excuse me, the anointing will destroy that yoke of that oppressor and remove that burden. But God is looking for a man to make up a wall. So he needs people. That's how God gets it done. He needs you. He needs me. He needs us to stand up and be strong against this flood of ungodliness to do something about it. I was reminded of Jeremiah chapter 1, and I was even thinking of the president and what he has had to stand up against, the intimidation and the onslaught against him, and how really in government he is he is a wall. He is a wall trying to protect our liberties. 
And in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Therefore, this is the Lord speaking to Jeremiah. He says, Prepare yourself and arise and speak to them all that I command you. Do not be dismayed before their faces, lest I dismay you before them. For behold, I have made you this day a fortified city and an iron pillar and bronze walls. That's what we are as the body of Christ. Bronze walls. Hallelujah. Against the whole land, against all the corruption, against all this all this that is coming against, coming against our rights and our righteousness, against the kings of Judah, against its princes, against its priests, and against the people of the land. We're a wall against these things. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. God wants to deliver you. He is on your side. That's why we never have to fear. We don't have to fear the enemy. We don't have to fear their faces. We don't have to be intimidated. And so if, if you won't be intimidated, our president sure hasn't been intimidated. <clears throat> if we'll stand up to it, then God will make us like a wall that cannot be broken through. He'll make us like a fortified city and an iron pillar. Hallelujah. Strong and mighty ones. Strong and mighty ones. Praise God. So that's why, number one, we need to follow the instructions of the word and pray for those in authority, for kings and all who are in authority. That's what he tells us over in the book of Timothy. Kings would be the president today. We got to make sure we're holding up his hands and praying for him and that God's will would be done during this time. And any corruption that needs to be Exposed is exposed. Hallelujah. Verse verse 5. In that day, the Lord of hosts will be for a crown of glory instead of a crown of pride, man. Things will turn in that day. And it will be a crown of glory. God's glory will be on our government. God's glory will fill our land. Hallelujah. And a diadem of beauty to the remnant of his people. For a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment. And for strength to those who turn back the battle of the gate, those that give pushback to those that are trying to come in and attack and take over our freedoms and our rights in the land. There needs to be pushback. We need to stand up in the gate, stand up in prayer, but also stand up in the natural, however God would lead us to do so. And I've been praying for that spirit of justice to be upon our justice system the spirit of justice to be upon uh, the department of justice. And uh, let me read this from another translation, that verse six from the new international version. He will be a spirit of justice to those who sits in judgment. That would be a judge, a source of strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. Let me read another one to you from the new living translation. He will give a longing for justice to their judges. Hallelujah. Why don't we just ask the Lord for that right now? Say, Heavenly Father, give a longing to our judges for justice. Cause them to long for justice. 
to desire justice in America, that they will judge justly in Jesus' name and remove every judge that does not judge justly. We thank you, Lord, for their removal and their replacement in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. That prayer is getting answered. Now watch verse 7. But they also have erred through wine and through intoxicating drink. They're out of the way. We can say out of control. They're just out of control. The priest and the prophet have erred through intoxicating drink. That's religious leaders. Faith leaders, right? People that are supposed to be spiritual leaders. They've erred in intoxicating drink. They are swallowed up by wine. We're supposed to be being swallowed up by life, by the glory of God on us. Second Corinthians talks about this. But they're swallowed up by wine. They are out of the way through intoxicating drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. For old tables are full of vomit and filth. No place is clean. So they're filthy. They're dirty. They're, they're, they're full of sin. They're full of unrighteousness. But they're supposed to be spiritual leaders. Just the uh, other night, I just came across a radio station that was talking about spiritual things. They were spiritual leaders. They were part of a religious organization. And I was stunned about some of the things they were saying. And one of the things that one, the one leader said, this religious leader, he said, rights are not guaranteed. He's talking about here in America. Rights are not guaranteed. If people don't cooperate with what is best for the common good, for the good of all, then those rights may need to be taken. They said it very nicely, very soft-spoken. Then those rights may need to be taken away. So, you know, we ask people to wear a mask. And if they don't wear a mask, then, um, you know, we might have to command them to wear a mask, force them to wear a mask. That's just what we have to do. About that time, I'm sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't listen to it. I had to turn it off. I just, I, it's just you know, amazing that that kind of stuff can even be said in America and somebody would actually listen to it. Craziness. But anyway, drunk. Drunk on themselves, drunk with pride, drunk in the flesh, drunk with sin. And, uh, and, and, and even the prophet and the priest, that's what he's talking about here. This Antichrist spirit is everywhere, even in a lot of the church world. All right? So when it comes to true spiritual leaders, they are drunk, but not as the world supposes they get intoxicated, not on the wine of the world and the things of this world, but we're intoxicated and swallowed up with the Holy Spirit. We're filled with him. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, don't be drunk with wine, church, but be filled with the Spirit. Woo, hallelujah. So being filled with the Spirit is like to being drunk. We see in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. They're all filled with the Holy Spirit, and people thought they were drunk. They were drunk. They were beside themselves. They were overcome with God. That's how we need to be living our life. Overcome, intoxicated. We've got intoxicated means overcome. Overcome with God. Just flat out drunk, praise God. We're not to be sober. Walking in the flesh. Conscious of every fleshy natural thing that's going on. Now, 
That being carnal is means you're too sober, too aware of the flesh. Now let's get full of the spirit, be aware of spiritual things. Can you say amen? Well, see that flows into right where we're going. He goes on, verse 9. Whom will he teach knowledge? And whom will he make to understand the message? Those just weaned from milk, those just drawn from the breast, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to this people, to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing Yet they would not hear. What's he talking about here? He's talking about the stammering lips speaking in tongues. Now, again, some translators give a version of this that says, so now God will have to speak to his people through foreign oppressors who speak a strange language. See, that's that's reasoning with the scriptures. That's not consistent with the scriptures, especially the New Testament. He's not talking about stammering lips being a foreign country coming in and oppressing the people, because then that wouldn't make sense that this is the rest which which you cause the weary to rest. Oppressors don't bring rest. They'll make you weary. This is not the refreshing. Oppression is not the oppression. That's not what it's saying. You got to go to the New Testament to understand that, that verse. And it's over in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and in verse 21. He quotes this verse of scripture when talking about being filled with the spirit, being anointed with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. He says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 21, in the law, it is written with men of other tongues and other lips. I will speak to this people. And yet for all that, they will not hear me, says the Lord. That's in connection with speaking in tongues, being filled with the Holy Spirit. So again, what's he talking about? He's talking about the anointing. God's got a mighty strong one. He's got anointed ones. He's got some bronze walls to rise up in these last days and to give pushback to all these these forces of antichrist that are trying to come in and rob us of our rights to worship, to walk with God, walk in the faith of God. Amen. Praise God. Thank God for the anointing. Thank God for speaking in tongues. It's the answer to the things that we're seeing taking place in the world all around us. Hallelujah. And then he says this, verse 13, but the word of the Lord was to them, to those who would not hear it. They didn't want to hear about speaking in tongues. The word of the Lord was to them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little that they might go and fall backwards and be broken and snared and caught. What's he saying there? He's saying those that wanted the word, line upon line, here a little there, teach us, teach the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. They didn't want the Holy Spirit. They don't want the anointing. They don't want that tongues. They don't want the power of God. They don't want that. He says those people that want the word without the spirit, he said they're going to be broken and fall back. Why? Because he tells us in the book of Corinthians, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Hallelujah. We need to have both the spirit and the word. Praise God to be able 
to live like drunks in this world so we're not overcome by the things we're seeing, the things that we're feeling, and all these things that are going on around us. We're seeing according to the Spirit. We're walking by faith and not by sight. We have an anointing of the Holy One to destroy yokes, remove burdens. We're going to speak in our heavenly language, and we're going to push back in the gates. Praise God. We're going to support in the natural what we're supposed to be supporting, and we're going to be praying in the Spirit the way we're supposed to be praying, declaring the Word of God, declaring the promises of God. God's Word is a sword, and it cuts, and it'll break, and it will destroy all those that are trying to yield to a spirit of Antichrist to destroy the church, destroy what God's trying to do in the earth. Praise God. Come on. It's our time. It's our time to shine. Hallelujah. Say it. Say it's my time to shine. Amen. Say I'm God's anointed one in the earth. I'm his bronze wall. I'm his faith fighter. I fight with the word, and I win. Hallelujah. Praise God. Stand up on your feet in the sanctuary. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.